What did you? You made a child cry. Liza, you made the child. I made the child cry. Yes, you did. This is what it sounds when childs cry. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Have you on the Misfits? Here at the Recycle Garage. I can't do it. I can't lie. No. no. Fucking worse. Wet ass. I cannot, I cannot do it. Goddamn wet ass Santa Cruz, California. It Cold, is the, wet, It is nasty, not sunny Santa Cruz. Windy. Oh, good Lord, no. It is far from it. Yeah. We're it so. ma- it's making me very homesick. It is. My pants are damp. <laughs> are they really? A little bit. So that's what that appalling smell is? Yes. Okay. Like wet dog. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it was like wet dog. (laughs) But they still come out in the rain. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. This is Eliza. (gasps) Do you believe in love after love? (laughs) (laughs) I can feel something. (laughs) Sitting next to me is everybody's favorite exotic. It's not. Hey, Cher's number one. (laughs) Woohoo! And of course, running the board, it's Bagel. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so no, was that Schultz or, yeah. or Corporal Sergeant Klink? Schultz. Oh, Sergeant, Sergeant Schultz. Schultz. Who is, who is Corporal nothing. Klink? He's the guy with the monocle. It was Colonel Klink. Uh, Colonel Klink. Colonel Hogan. Oh, it was all such a long time ago. Nobody though. knows what you guys are yeah. talking Nobody. about. It's great. Yeah. And of course, on the classy girl couch, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Mm. Repeatedly. Mm. <laughs> Is that a motosexual reference? Perhaps. Mm. <laughs> also on the Classic Girl Couch tonight, it's Robert. Hola. La vida buena. Yeah. Ooh, I say, that was that Espanol Ooh. stuff. Yeah. Man Very knows what's good. Exotic, yes. Man knows yes, what's good. good. Very spicy. Caliente, I think, is the correct term. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful with that oui. term. Oui. <laughs> oh, and, and bring, in the, bring in the pink tonight. It is Naked Jim. Peace, love, and soul. You know, up? I'm digging the rain. I gotta tell you, Jim, you're yes. really pulling off the pink pretty well tonight. I think it looks great. I love when Liza orders clothes for her because I always end up getting. You know, so is this like wearing Liza's clothes? Saying, "Is this is something new you, that we need to know about?" Hey, well, are we taking it there? Well, yeah, that's a whole other show then, into okay, itself. Right. But it's a lovely pink Santa Cruz dirt bike shirt. Look, it's a- salmon. Everyone should be so lucky to have a fat friend who's an impulsive shopper. Yeah, and it's like, I'll be able to wear it soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's this stuff I keep ordering from China, and not, you don't know what size you're going to get. Not got I'm a good. pretty sexy one today, too. Not got a good one, too. Blue oh, one. really? I got a yeah, blue one. one. Is this Bing Bong? Uh, we get it's Bing, yeah. Bing, Bing Bong, for it's sure. A Bing Bong. bong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love I, the fact that I can get Santa Cruz jerseys out of China. And I got my bitchin' Icon Raider pants oh, on. Oh, that's that right. That we scored up at Icon that were great for and my mini biking through the railroad But I got to say, Pink and gray are very, very happy friends. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think it's something to do with the color wheel. My palette, color my palette wheel. for the day. Yeah, palette for the day. But no, you look very good. I saw the pink. Christmas train. I blended it right in. I tried to race it. Choo, choo. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just waiting for the day you get pulled over on that mini bike, man. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> I know. I think I can outrun him on this one, though. <laughs> I'll tell you the, just the mowing front, the lawn, sir. The front end suspension. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> I work for the city. That's what I need a city jacket. Pulling out the weeds. So yeah, it is. It is raining. It's been raining for a few days. It's that kind of rain that. 
you know, we go without for so long, and then every now and then we get these monster rains that come that flood everything, cause all sorts right. of damages and it's leaks good, so and right. but we need all it. that stuff. We Don't need it, but that's how this is why we go without rain for most of the year because we get a couple of these. Gully washers. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just drench. But that didn't stop people from coming out. Was it busy? And, well, we had. Um, we need to come up with a proper nickname for John. I was calling him the real Asian John. The real Asian John? <laughs> because he can't speak English or what? No. no he speaks good English. I, he speaks great English. He speaks perfect Harley English. John? Because all the other How? Asians are like half or weird Asians. How about not- <laughs> Well, no, wait a minute. He's, fucking racist. Look, uh, he's the only restaurant are. Asian. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like somebody, like somebody who take your order at a restaurant Asian? Oh, my God. No, the kind of <laughs> the Asian fuck? that has a restaurant. Oh, well, all right. Liza, how about you just call him Chopper John? No, that's not I like Chopper Chopper John. John. How about we call Jim Chinese Jim? Chopper John. And then like an Asian John, White John. Don't you point your finger at me around that. Okay. Make it totally different. All right. So uh, Chopper John, Chopper John came by, and uh, he just needed to get some uh, some bolts and stuff. But mm. he ended up just sticking around and asked if he could learn to weld. Hmm. Great. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. So that was a great day to learn how to weld. So I'm like, sure. Let's and, start pulling stuff out. And you know, anytime I get to hang out with a young man in his 20s and talk about penetration, it's yeah. a good day forever. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> just Gross. No, ju- it's, no just it's a welding term. <laughs> Total penetration. Yeah, exactly. You got to look Hot. at it from the backside. <laughs> um, Hot with that squirt gun. <laughs> no, but he, he he did a really good job. And I mean, admittedly, he was, he was welding on a brake rotor, which is pretty mm. thick. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a great... Great place to start. Dimming the lights as he was going along. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it was like something out of freak show in there. Because, of course, every time you fire up the welder and get the spark going, the lights go really dim. It actually was... 25 amps squirting out of that thing. It was like Blade Runner with the rain out there and the dimming lights and sparks. It really was like a set from Blade Runner. But, um, no, so he learned how to weld, and he was feeling pretty good about himself. Cool. Yep. Nice. That was cool. And then um, uh, Charlie and Micah came by, and... And um, Micah, she was do- work- using the tools to work on a project she's got. And then Charlie and I spent a lot of time talking about uh, adventure bikes because yep. he's looking for one right now. Oh, that's right. Aren't they looking for a GS or some GS? He's too young for, for that, isn't he? He needs to get a motocross bike. Well, <laughs> he's got all those things. He needs a bike that's uh, a commuter, but yeah. also he could take mm-hmm. in the dirt. So, I mean, all the usual options, GS. um, Does he have a trials bike? No. Because I want to see Charlie on a trials bike. I know. Uh, So he's looking at GS Tiger. No, not KLR. He's looking at um, FJ... Oh nines. Mm. Um, what's the one you love, Emma? Oh, the Tenere. Super tens, yeah. Super ten. Africa twin. Because that's not an actual a adventure, adventure bike. bike. That's a real big one. Huh? But big well, bike. commuting too. I mean, he's working on a budget, so that makes it hard to get th- a legit adventure bike on a budget. I think he's going to pull the trigger on that super ten, though. I hope so. But if he like just let go of the adventure bike thing and just went for a commuter bike, he could get. It's bigger. Market. You know, well, you yeah. get a lot more for your money. But well, the, a V-Strom the, one thousand, you know, would be perfect for commuting. No. What? No, the six fifty is a better bike. Oh, but he, but he likes power and speed. He's he's six fifty is a better bike. He's he likes power and speed. It's way better bike. It, but he likes power and speed. Yeah, there's something about it's a 650 on the freeway. It's like, yeah, it, you're no, rattling off. It's, it's, it's all the money, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so um, so we just talked about that, but then um, Robert here pulled up 
on in his truck with a super ten in the back, and I went, <laughs> well, "Is then. this fate? What? Is this just <laughs> what's going just... on here?" So then we so tried bad. to get get him to negotiate with Charlie. Right. <laughs> well, before I even said a word, I was like, "They were like, how much do you want for your tenor?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was for sale. <laughs> Everything's, Everything's for sale. For sale. <laughs> Can I check your airbox? <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had the u- usual suspects there, and just uh, having a good time. Had pizza at the garage and hanging out. Mm. Yep. Trying to stay dry. I got out there. It took me an hour this morning just to kind of like set up like tarps and and things and planks in all the flooded <laughs> yeah. areas. The garage really up. smells like possum in there. Possum. No, yeah, bit. and that is the first thing I noticed when I arrived at the garage today. It does smell of wee in there. Mm. And it's it's possum wee. Well, I cleaned up all the poo the other day and now there's more poos. So oh. we definitely have a live possum. Oh boy. Ooh. No, we've always had a live. No, possum. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Ooh, there's always a possum. There's been like at least seven generations of possum <laughs> family. Like and grandpa died last year, and there's like three more. You know, possum. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh dear, grandpa! Yeah. I remember well, him well. It goes back longer with that fucking fossilized one that's hanging. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the <laughs> that thing is fucking crazy. That's the ancient really possum is. from medieval times. Yeah, there's a third eye. Have you ever noticed? There's a third eye. Really? No. Is there is I a third eye? I thought this was about motorcycles. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, talking with Charlie about you know all these adventure bikes it's just it's hard for me right now because i am in that hurry up and wait right now for my new bike what about That's like uh, what about a ktm 690 no not big enough right. but there's an interesting point that came up so um charlie found himself this super tenere um online mm-hmm. oh the yellow one no the blue one because that yellow one was amazing yes it's a 2012 bike. It's got all the stuff he wants on it. It's already been kitted out. It's got the saddlebags. It's, he's got a couple of grand's worth of, of accessories on it. What's the damage? What do they want? Well, for now, it? hang on. So it's got 18,000 on it. It looked in pretty good condition. Mm. It's 19,000 miles, which is not a huge That's amount nothing. for a Super 10. Yeah. Price was right as well. 6,300. Goddamn. All right. Hang on. So the guy had done his, all his own maintenance, which is great. And that's fine, because we'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt sure. that he knew how to do his maintenance. Mm-hmm. But there was a sticking point. The Super 10s had a recall, and I vividly remember the recall. Basically, in the kit, you got a tiny little length of wire. And you read through it, and there was five hours' labor attached to putting this piece of wire on. What mm. the hell is this? And so you read through it, and basically you dismantle the wiring harness for the bike, mm-hmm. and you reroute some of the wires and incorporate this wire with a built-in resistor in it. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. That's and weird. The, and so the guy specifically mentioned in the ad, I've done the recall. Mm-hmm. And Charlie said, well, hang on. Under my supervision, did you do the recall or did the dealer do the recall? Right. Because we've talked about recalls before on bikes, but recalls aren't necessarily generated by the manufacturer. They're generated by the National Highway Traffic Safety Mm -hmm. Association, the NHTSA Mm -hmm. recalls. And if a recall has been done on a bike and not been signed off by a dealer, you can't change the title. Uh, and as a dealer, you can't actually sell the bike. So, um, As a dealer, but what about a private seller? No, I don't think you can sell on a private sale either. The title won't transfer if if the recalls aren't up to date. Because if there's an outstanding NHTSA recall on the bike and it hasn't been signed off, in effect, the bike is not fit for the road. 
I'd love to hear from an attorney about a private sale, but I am I'd, I'd pretty imagine. sure that unless all the recalls are done, see. Um, because effectively, he's saying, at full disclosure, whether he did the, the recall correctly, there was something modified to this bike, and Charlie takes caveat emptor for that, right? Like, well, I'll just risk taking this bike. Well, no, he specifically this. said that the wiring harness recall has been done. Uh, at the, the dealership or himself? No, he, well, that's the whole thing we right. were trying to get to the bottom of. And of course, there's the paperwork signed off mm. on so you can change title. Yes, you've got to have that paperwork okay, well, signed off. Okay, a matter of asking them and if he's got you know, the paperwork, right? I don't know whether anybody's had this. You had a Nitsa recall mm-hmm. on your bike, but you CRF, bought it new. Yeah. But even if you'd have sold the bike... It's still, to somebody else. They still would have been able to do it. They will find the person yeah. who owns that bike now. This is how seriously they take it. Yeah. Is this a California thing only? No, no it's a federal thing. Yeah, federal. When did the recall come for the, the Tannery 2012? Um, it's the earlier ones. So because I, I have the 2012, and I bought it secondhand with 2,000 miles on it in 15. It, oh, it's probably and, been done. And I don't know if it was done or not. No, well, you can pro- check with your dealer. They'll look it up. The okay. VIN yeah. will be yeah. reported. If there's, if the there's any doubt, just go into the dealership, um, give you a <clears throat> chassis number, and they will check. Yeah. I'm sure it was one of these that were done pretty quickly. It was like those transmissions on the R1s on the 15 model. Yamaha knew they'd messed up with this, and they got them out the door really, really quickly. I doubt if there's any 15 R1s left out there with the old transmissions. They were very proactive with it. So I did find a bike for Charlie. It is an amazing deal. It is... Is it a weird European (laughs) thing? It's eighteen. You could say that. It's $1,900 over his budget. So it's $7,800. It's $7,900, okay. yeah. Okay. 2018. Yes. BMW 1200GS. That is a great price for a GS. 59000 Oh. That's fine. It's a 2018. It went on a trip. Yeah, I know. Uh, but my God, that's a lot of money for no, that mileage bike. And no, it's not. Ma- not much, for 2018. But no. how much money is it going to need in maintenance with that much mileage? Nothing. Those things you can do 100000 on. It's it's more stuff that ages out, well, but not that mileage. You can't do 100000 without maintaining them. Like how much yeah. was it? Well, 59000 is when things start uh, popping up. because 7900 coincides with a lot of not maintenance. Bad. For yeah. 2018? Yeah. Items. Is, that, is that a shaft drive? <laughs> Yes. How, well, what, what's the service interval on something? Um, and it's being sold by Moto Java in San Francisco, right? Uh, so they're you know re- reputable uh, mm-hmm. place. So it's not you're not just buying from I, uh, a dude. And he's not. I, be and they, so they said they check everything it. out. Well, actually, think about this. well, think about this. It is going to be a commuter bike, so he will be putting mm-hmm. like I put almost I put about 450 miles a week on my bike. That right. is commuter. an amazing price for a 2018. Yeah, but he's going to put <clears throat> 15, 20,000 miles on it pretty still. Quick, it's, so. it's still There's something to think about. I mean, like at 50. Thousand, I could almost remember like all three of my bikes having water pump issues. Right, they didn't, like take a shit. And I mean, but th- it started coming up. A good, whether it's a good buy or not. Mm-hmm. The thing I like the child has done is he said, "This is my budget, Mate. and I'm not going to deviate from it." Because if he bought that BMW, he's going to stitch himself up. He's already two grand over his budget out the door on a bike that's got sixty thousand on. What do you it. think, Robert? Good deal. Hard to tell. I'm not a BMW guy, but look, there's 2012s you know, with the same mileage going for 7,500. Right. So he's he's already 18 over his budget, and yeah. and if there's anything wrong yeah, with it, there it. you go, another yeah, 500 bucks tw- into that. It's a 2018. I mean, that's. Shall I tell you the yeah. perfect person to buy that bike? 
is somebody with a 10 grand budget. Mm. Yeah, that that's the perfect bike. person yeah, who's exactly. got ten grand put to one side for their next adventure bike. Does it have a they, service record? They with that? buy that one. They put twenty one hundred in the bank bike. for deferred maintenance. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect person I, to buy that bike. I have a good bad I- uh, idea too. Because <laughs> oh, um, he's like responsible and has a job and shit. Borrow money and take a look at mm-hmm. that KTM seven ninety adventure. Yes, that's a wicked motorcycle. It's it's yeah, new but he wants it. But see, he wants it to be everything. He wants it to be no, a commuter with that. big bags. You can do all that stuff, but it's mm-hmm. it's much faster feeling than the than the, the big you the know what? bikes I've, like that. I've been saying this from day one. I think he's absolutely on the right track with it with a Super Ten. It's a kind of bike, and and I had a little chat um, with Robert about this earlier. When you first ride one, you think, oh, I mean, you know, what's the fuss all about? But it kind of gets under your skin. Well, you know, here's it's one, that kind of bike. Here's one thing I'll say, I normally ride the FC1 to work, like over the hill and through Silicon Valley. That's normally my commuter bike, but the yeah. fork seals are leaking, so I rode the been riding the Africa Twin. Very different. The FC1, there's all the power you want kind of right there, uh, blah, blah, blah. But the uh, Africa Twin, it's much more, like not nearly the torque. Right. And the thing about the, like the Tenere, I think, he might be... He might be wanting more immediate power when you're commuting because the commute he does is similar to mine, and I'm just saying the F1 yeah, yeah. is a much more effective commute. Don't forget the 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 Super Tens are substantially bigger engine than the Africa Twin. Well, the other plan is he should just buy my KTM. It's in his budget. <laughs> it is, but the miles are getting up on that too. <laughs> no, it only has two thousand miles on it. But your KTM like a two grand on it. Yeah, the odometer reset. <laughs> <laughs> what does it have about forty five? Felony. Uh, I'm gonna guess like 42. forty two. I think I bought it with like thirty five. But then you I know, did that cross country. This trip. is a perfect That's example, a cool Liza, mm-hmm. because. It's a very high-quality bike, we know that. Mm-hmm. It's of similar quality to the BMW, and it's a newer bike. Mm-hmm. But you've been doing all kinds of weird little knickknacks on it. Simply what do you be- mean? Well, mostly electrical. No. Yes. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I did the, the chain and sprockets, but now it has a new thing that has happened. Right. I just replaced the battery. Yes. And now the speedometer stopped working. Yes. So I have to sort that out. It's most likely a plug under the seat yes. came loose when I changed the battery is what I'm finding. The odds that the sensor went bad, which could be on the front wheel, right. it's possible. But it's more likely to be a, a, a plug. But this is what's going to catch you out on a higher mileage bike, even a younger one. You know, if something's been rattling down the road for 10,000 miles, everything's nice and tight. If it's been rattling down the road for 60,000 miles, you know, things are starting to get a little bit aware on them by now. And odd things can catch you yeah, out. Yeah, but I, I blame it on being these new bikes with all the electronics. You so the, electronics go bad. So what is your so, definition of a new bike, a 2018 BMW? Well, I'm just saying I like the older bikes where you can, like, figure everything out a lot easier. These oh, absolutely. With all their sensors and everything right. are just so much more complicated. And the KTM's complicated because we've had issues mm-hmm. on the road off and on kind of since you've had it, and it's never left us stranded. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and, um, but it is kind of complicated because you get weird right. error messages well, on the screen. Well, like, I think it was the battery. My battery went bad. And so that's been giving me the issues because they're very sensitive yeah. about a battery with a low amperage, even though the voltage was right. up. But mm. when, as a battery goes bad, it creates symptoms. And then when you get a bike that has a lot of electronics and sensors, it starts fucking with those things. But what's right. great about that bike, and I, I can't remember how big the front wheel is on the Super Tenere, but what's great about on your KTM is the small front wheel. Yeah. That thing rides, it's like a scalpel. 
Well, it, the, the Super 10, is, it's got a 19 mm-hmm. with a fat tire on it. It's got right. one ten nineteen, So it's not quite the sort of bicycle hoop like the Africa Twin, which has got the really skinny 21 on it. Yeah. But it's not a 17 either. So the only problem is he really wants the hard cases. I have the adventure cases <laughs> with it. She said hard. And I was thinking of not buying new adventure cases for the Africa Twin and just buy the Rack Swarm and swapping them between the bikes. Do it, um, but he says if he want if he if he wants if he takes that bike he wants it with the hard cases. He like, want ah. hard cases. Well, you yeah, know, so I've that's heard, another like fifteen hundred bucks. I, I gotta spend. I've heard different things though. Like, so like talking to people that you, you may not want hard cases. I know. You know. There's definitely the plus, but there's also people you can know, talk about injury with hard cases. Um, well, the injury uh, on the hard cases actually off road. Um, I actually was listening to another podcast mm-hmm. about adventure rider and adventure off-road. rider radio maybe exactly yes. and. I actually witnessed a lot of that going through mud and things like that. If you slip off those pegs, those 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 hard cases will suck you in. Yes, mm. but on the other side of things, if you fall over and you have to lift your bike up, having the hard cases for it to fall on gives you an advantage. And for someone like myself who has trouble lifting a bike because I have bad knees, I would need that advantage. Mm. Exactly. The other, the reason I just bought the GV Trekkers right before I left for my Mexico trip, and I did that because I was by myself and i can't do soft cases because the security in that yeah and you're right these these trekkers were amazing i dropped the bike twice actually dropped it four times but i crashed it twice Mm -hmm. and they don't even look like they have a scratch on them and they're amazing and and we actually agreed how gruesome the oem yamaha hard bags are they're terrible Mm. are they really they're a weird mixture because they're plastic Mm. with like very cheesy stainless steel facings on them. Well, they're not. I, I, I think they're even plastic. Aren't they kind of side thin case. too. Yeah, yeah oh, they're, they're kind they of. They look very functional. And you know, as a as a dealer, what had happened is somebody would buy the Super Ten and say, "Great, and I want hard bags put on it." And the hard bags would arrive, and the lock set, all the tumblers would be out. And you have to actually set up the lock set so that the ignition mm. key for the bike fits the bags. Mm. It's a pain in the ass because it always happened on a Saturday. It always <laughs> happened when you were super busy and mm. you'd be doing these frigging lock sets. Um, and it's, you know, it's a straightforward job, but it takes about an hour to do each bloody one. Um, and it drives you nuts. Well, I predict once I have my Africa twin and now there's two Africa twins in the family. You know what happens with this group? Race when race there's them. two, they're gonna be raced. Then everyone else wants one, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So uh, we'll see. So, you know how to pick the good ones, man. That's what's but, up. But you know, in a in a funny case of irony, is you've got the really brightly gaily colored one, yeah. and Jim's <laughs> got the monochrome one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with perfect. Gold wheels, red, white, and blue with the gold wheels. So. I, uh, I, d- I need to go down to L.A. to pick it up and sign the paperwork, and I don't know that I'll have a, d- a day this month to do it. Really? Yeah. Is it one day? Just fly down there and ride up? Right. Well, I don't rain. have a day off. <laughs> and oh, I'm, well, and technically two, you, you in do. In two weeks, I'm taking another trip. Hmm. So, yeah. Man, oh, that's... Really? Yeah, I'm going to Colorado. I didn't tell you. Can you run the garage in two weeks? <laughs> well, it, all right. Actually, I will be here in the afternoon. I need someone to open. I'll open. Thank you. I okay. forgot to tell you. I'm going out to Colorado. 
Well, put me under pressure on the bloody show. Sucker, that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Kill but, them and do uh, it. Yeah, so I am so excited. I mean, that is my Christmas present to myself, is that new mm-hmm. Africa Twins. Yeah, so. as it should be. It's a very nice present. We're going to we get turns riding that thing or what? what? Yeah, we and we need, we, need, we want to take them out on dirt. I tell you what. He's got the DCT on that. It shit, has. Right? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Knock. Hmm. It, the DCT is amazing. Okay. It's like there's a little magic man in the transmission of that bike. Like Knock. Mm-hmm. And he's changing gears for you exactly <laughs> when you want it to. It's, nice. It's amazing. Yeah, I keep hearing that they've always just constantly improved it. Like yeah. it's always gotten better every every Well, iteration. I mean, if you if 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 you've ever had the misfortune to ride a CB750 automatic, mm. it's exactly like cars were with automatics in the 70s. It's kind of this awful kind of mm-hmm. droning, and it's yeah. always in the wrong gear. Just, and it feels like the engine is not connected to the back wheel. It's all slushy. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, the DCT, it's like click, 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 I was gonna click ask, up and down through the gears. Since Honda, I mean, there have been other automatics, but Honda really in the what, late 70s? 70s for yeah, the but automatic. You, but when you the understand Honda's um, uh, mission, it's perfect. Honda have from day one have said, we don't care if you're a man or a woman, if you're old, make if you're young, if you're tall, you're short, we are going to make a bike for you. Right. And so once you understand that, you'll understand why they come up with these weird and wacky creations well, mm-hmm. like automatics and Honda gyros with three wheels. So I find it interesting, though, that they got into the um, Honda-matic market in the 70s. Yes. With the, the 750 and the 400. 400. Right? And then it dropped. It disappeared for decades. Because it's supply and demand. Yeah. I mean, the, ironically, just like with the uh, uh, V-Stroms, the smaller Honda was actually the better platform for automatics. 400 or Honda automatics are really charming little bikes. But isn't it interesting that they chose the Africa Twin to bring it back and not something like the Goldwing? No, well, the Goldwing's DCT too. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. You can See, oh, I didn't know DCT. that. So the Goldwing is DCT. Where, where else is it? Uh, they do the oh god, what's that scooter thing? Oh, the yeah, NM whatever. Yeah, that's DCT as well. Seven hundred something. I mean, there's talk yeah. that See, within the next me, five, six years they're going to offer DCT on everything. Yeah, on those kind of bikes, it makes sense. On the Africa Twin, it's kind of interesting. Um, but I am interested because it makes sense to me riding off road that you're not having to like jockey for which gear to be in. Um, and and I don't know why, but in my mind, I just keep imagining going through like a river and you're not sure what gear. And I don't know if you've ever done it where you start out where you're bombing through, then you hit like a dip or a rock or something. And now suddenly uh, you're in the wrong gear and you need to like downshift and get out of it. I, I and knew, it seems to me like DCT is the perfect answer. I know that all too well. Do you remember that hill at the Honda's training course? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the wrong gear. Oh, throw your bike away. Just gas it. Just gas it. No, I ended, <laughs> just gas it. I ended up sticking right. the bike in a bush and just running away. Perfect. Right. You you went at it in the wrong gear. Yeah. It was and in, yeah. it bogged out it uh, bogged halfway down. up the hill. So to me, it seems like... Um, like I don't really want it for the street, but I want it for the dirt. I want to okay. see how it does. Okay. So we'll see. But you know what? Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Honda yes. Rider Education Center. Education. Education. So uh, you know, continuing in in 
releasing two episodes a week now. Yeah. On Wednesday night, we'll be releasing the uh, the Writer Education Center. And please uh, interview. listen into that. I was quite proud of that interview. Um, we covered a lot of subjects with that. And there was a lot of very meaty content in that. Mm-hmm. We talked about stewardship of the trails and how things are moving forward. It's a, it's a very, very interesting show. It was a very interesting interview to, to do. It went in a direction I didn't think it was going to. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. It's like, like motorcycle. Uh, where we were bashing on uh, quads. <laughs> well, that, we can, um, yes, but, <laughs> well, I'm we, a fast forward to that part. <laughs> but, I mean, a little teaser was... The reason why that place was set up as a training course in the first place yep. is because the three-wheelers yep. were so lethal. The death machine. The mm. death machine. The government said, guys, you've got to do something about this because these mm. things are killing people. Mm-hmm. And then the training centers were a result of that. So that's just a little teaser. But listen in. It's a it's a great interview. And... Um, yeah. Yeah. Wednesday night. So, Bagel, I'm curious because you keep threatening to build an off-road scooter. Yeah. Is it going to be uh, automatic? Nope. This will be... Manual. Yeah, manual, two-stroke. Well, then. Yeah. <laughs> no DCTs go in, in vintage Vespas. <laughs> okay. There, there is no such thing. <laughs> I know you have so many projects, but when is that going to happen, dude? You need to come uh, out with us on that. I, I know. I really would love to. I, I've got so many other projects in the works right now that I'm hoping by next year. We'll see. But I, I'm hoping to make some progress on it, at least. Well, hopefully you'll get that done because I know Jim and I are looking for some adventures to go on. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Cause and that. I'm thinking, Jim, that um, Robert here might have a story about an adventure to share with us. Robert. Robert, you're up, darling. Where'd you come from? Well, I just uh, I left Bend, Oregon mm-hmm. on October 4th, I believe. Oh. And rode down to Mexico. Oh, wow. Got, uh, left, went across the border to Cadiz. And went into mainland Mexico, made it all the way down to Oaxaca, came up the west coast of Mexico, took the ferry over to Baja, and rode up through Baja. Spent about seven weeks in Baja. How's that sound to you, Jim? Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's a good adventure. Um, Yeah. And forgive me for bringing this up, Robert, but I like it because, I mean, anytime we have a story that there's a backstory to it... um, and you can be as vague as you want. Why did you get on your bike in the first place? Uh, motorcycle therapy. So, here we go. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. Oh, it's like ripping so, off a Band-Aid if you want. No, I mean, no you, pressure. You, no, no, no. you don't have to go into uh, it's details. Okay. It's but okay. My, sig- my significant other decided to go on a different adventure, so I decided to go on this adventure. Right Perfect. On. I mean, no, we like people to rip off the Band-Aid because there's so many other people who get it. Yeah, here, here, here's a here's a funny story. So I was I was down in in uh, El Fuerte and getting a haircut and a shave, and I asked the barber if he spoke any uh, English, and he said no, no English. Mm. So he's talking to me in Spanish through through the haircut, and he says, "Tú tienes una esposa." Asked me if I had a wife, mm. and I said to him, "I go, mi esposa es el diablo." <laughs> and, 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 and he looked at me, and in perfect English, he goes, "Aren't they all?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. Ah, yeah, but you know, heard that Robert, you have something in common with 
the greatest adventure motorcyclist, the greatest female adventure motorcyclist of all time, Elspeth Beard. And Elspeth started her journey around the world for exactly the same reason as you. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle therapy. So uh, you rode down in Mexico, rode around. Did you speak Spanish before you got there? Um, sí. So, <laughs> muy poquito. Okay. So I, um, I grew up in San Diego and spent a lot of time in Baja. And your Baja Spanish is very different than your mainland Spanish. Mm. So I realized that my Spanish is very good when they can speak English because they can fill in the holes. Right. But when you get to mainland Mexico and you're in these little small towns of like Bato Pilas and and there's nobody there who understands a word of English, I'm screwed. Yeah. Um, um, But uh, you survive. Google Translator is amazing. Yeah. It's really awesome. It'll help you out almost any situation. Now, were you you doing all tarmac? Was there dirt No, no, no. Tell us about it. So um, if you, GPS Kevin, have you seen those tracks before at all? No, um, never heard of so it. there's a guy called GPS Kevin who uh, does tours through Baja and mainland Mexico. Um, you can go online, you can find his tracks, and they're basic. Um, mm-hmm. I've used them through Baja, and I, I pulled up his tracks for for mainland Mexico, and they're probably seventy thirty. Mm-hmm. So I was using that as a guideline, and the first five days I probably put on. Eight nine hundred kilometers off road. Holy shit! And that's then a lot. I then I crashed a couple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the scary things about this trip is I, you know, the Tanner is a heavy bike, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a super strong guy, so I I didn't know whether I was going to be able to pick it up or not. So right. the first crash, I was like, well, that sucked, and I picked it How, up no that's problem. Crash. How'd you end up crashing? Uh, you know, I was actually funny. I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you think it's funny now. Well, it's no, always I thought, funny. I, I thought it was funny when it was when it happened. Actually, I was in a I was in a town called uh, Transconis, mm-hmm. and I was actually a gat with my flip flops, shorts, and <coughs> and a t-shirt. Nice. And looking for a place to rent a horse to ride on the beach, and I, I, I'm looking for the place in a an off road. Um, and I hit a rock that hit my skid plate and threw me faster than I've ever been thrown. Oof, that's a big rock. Yeah, and um, and you should see the dent in the skid plate. It, it came, <laughs> it, it came really, really. It looks like it hit the case a little bit. The skid plate went right into the case. Mm. Um, but I was able to pick the bike up pretty easily that time. And then another time I went through a mud puddle and I did the same thing, washed out, and mm-hmm. and that was a little harder because of the mud. I I I, I uh, tweaked my back a little bit and. and kind of slowed my off-road riding for the rest of the trip so i i went from 70 30 to probably about 90 10 yeah um did you encounter any other off-roaders out there whether in four wheels or two and the reason i ask is one of our regular friends max um max rides from canada down to mexico pretty much every year and last year he dropped his bike and literally had to abandon it in the middle of the road for a, a day or so because there were uh, trophy trucks coming through and he was absolutely terrified about getting mowed down by mm. one. Wow. Yeah. Um, every off-road that I was on was, was very isolated. I never saw another car. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I did see other riders from Canada, KTMs. Two guys from Canada were going all the way down to Patagonia. Whoa. They were taking a year. Uh, so I ran into them in, in Sayulita and they were heading south. Um another guy another couple on a klr in baja so there were there were some riders but 
Um, the I, while I was riding, KLR. Yeah, they're everywhere. KLRs, everywhere. Everybody should own a KLR. Everybody. Well, that's just like <laughs> your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> At least, I mean, a bike that you can abuse. So, um, so how long were you down there for? October the fourth. So yeah, it was quite a while. A, yeah, yeah, a October fourth, and. Um, I still have some time, but I was—I I wanted to make it back for Thanksgiving. So my parents live in San Diego, and mm-hmm. I and I decided to get back early enough for Thanksgiving and spend some time with my parents. They're getting a little older, so cool. So, what were some of the highlights? Oh, gosh, so many. Um, Copper Canyon, if you've ever heard of Copper uh, Canyon. Hmm. So I've heard of Steve Earle. Steve Earle. Copperhead <laughs> Road. Oh, that, different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, different neck of the woods. <laughs> so Copper Canyon, tell us about it. So Copper Canyon, you can hit it from Creel, which is... Um, it was I got to Creel probably my second or third day Mm -hmm. and it's about a 50 kilometer ride to there Copper Canyon is deeper and larger than the Grand Canyon wow Um, there is also a uh, there's a book called Born to Run about the native uh, people who run ultra marathons in their bare feet. This place looks mm. nuts. It looks like Jurassic Park. It, it's and a, you are down deep in Mexico. Yeah. Like and, right in the middle of it. So yeah. there's also another way to get there. It's, it, there's a train, an old train. It's called El Chepe. And El Chepe goes from Chihuahua down to Los Mochis. I just want to go where all these things are named cool names. Yeah. (laughs) El Chepe. It means goat testicle. (laughs) So from Los Mochis, you take this train and it starts at sea level and it goes up to 8,000 feet and it goes right through the canyon. It's it's amazing. And and it's just the, the... there, there's two different sections in there. There's tourist class and there's economic class. Mm-hmm. Get in the economic class with all the real people. What's right. it cost, like two bucks or something? It's actually $40 from uh, one way from El Fuerte to Creel. Wow. And it, it, it's just so much fun. We're hanging out the train, taking selfies, and, <laughs> and there's it, it, it was so much fun. It was it's awesome. so beautiful. So are you traveling at the base of the canyon or up on the ridge? Well, you if you're coming from Creel, you're on the, you, you start at the top of the ridge and you go down but if you start at Los Mochis which is on the coast you're going up into the canyon so you're going up and it's all along the ridge it's on the oh fantastic yeah it, it's amazing whoa look at Copper Canyon feathers oh, it's insane pretty wild yeah it's wild um, other one was I spent four days at a place called Transcones I think that's what it's called and it was a turtle rescue mm. so I spent every night uh, releasing turtles into the into the water it's pretty cool oh, that's nice. rad um, God, there's so many others how was the food well, food was awesome, ex- except uh, I-, I spent four days in... Um, a toilet? In, well, yeah, I, actually. Uh, this this <laughs> balls of Montezuma. A <laughs> uh, place called uh, Patsquaro was the Day of the Dead. So Day of oh, the right Dead is, oh, uh, cool. is November 1st through the 3rd. <laughs> right. And Patsquaro is, is the one of the famous places to see it. So I spent Ooh, I three days there. Nuts. Oh, it's just parades going around. Well... The tacos are awesome, but I decided to have a, a crazy hamburger my last night there. Ooh, and nasty it, and, business. And it was crazy. And that, <laughs> that put me out for a couple days. Oh, shit. Yeah, don't eat the hamburger. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so um, here's a question I would like you to ask candidly. Um, there is, you know, quite a quite a school of thought that says Mexico, you know, it's, it's riddled with crime. There are drug lords everywhere. It's simply not safe for Americans. Some people who listen to our podcast might even feel this way. Tell us about the people you encountered 
in the two months you were down there? So I was, I was at um, I was in Creole and I, I I talked to a teacher who was taking his students up to see the Copper Canyon, mm-hmm. and he I told him what I was doing. I showed him my maps and stuff, and he goes, oh, "This is crazy. This is dangerous." He mm-hmm. goes, "My country is very dangerous." And I looked at him and I said, "My country is dangerous. Mm. I, I'm not going to be driving through Chicago, right. you know, uh, it, you know. I, it, but if I drive through to Moab, Utah, it's there's no danger, and that's the same way it is in Mexico." There Right. You avoid certain areas, maybe, but as far as safety, I never felt uh, the least bit uh, worried about my security. And yeah. you found the locals friendly, no doubt? Oh, of course. Yeah, they're amazing. So uh, at what point in the trip did you realize, holy shit, I'm doing this? Because for some people, that hits them differently at different times. Sometimes it's at the start, even at the end. But like that one brief moment, or if it's a series of moments, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm actually doing this. What's going on here? Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, as soon as I left my house, I, 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 I knew I was gone for a certain... It was just a matter of how far down I was going to get. Right. And, you know, I had... The time sounds like a lot of time, but you still are like, there's not enough time to see yeah. things. Yeah, I thought yeah, I was yeah. going to get to Guatemala and go into Tikal and see the Mayan ruins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got to Oaxaca and, and I just kind of ran out of time. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, gonna, I was going to ask, how many miles does one need to travel to get over a woman? Uh, this particular one took me maybe uh, two I I left Bend uh, yeah five miles third gear third gear but you know um, kind of in answer to your question Mark Mm. I knew he was I knew Robert was going to answer that way yeah because when I go back to 1994 that's why I first came to the States so it sounds like you've done a trip like this before. How much do you pack on something like this? So <clears throat> lighter is always better. Performance is better with uh, less stuff on the back. Um, mm-hmm. How much stuff do I pack? Yeah. Um, well, I just bought, like I said, the uh, GV Trekkers and 37 liters on both sides and 42 on a top case. One side has uh, all the camping gear, which is just a sleeping bag, tent, uh, sleeping pad, jet boil, um, nice, you know, and the coffee cup, things like that. The other side's all tools, uh, a little bit extra gas, uh, rags, things like that. And then the top case is my clothes. My clothes fit in just a, a, a cinch sack, and I probably, like I said, had two pairs of shorts, two shirts, um, socks, underwear. And flip-flops. That's about it. Yeah, see, I can't do that. When I travel, I forego all those other luxuries because, for me, I have to have a clean pair of underwear, socks, and shirt every day. All about the socks. Because I feel like if you're clean and underneath, you're good. You you can do that. And and they make these great, I don't want to get too dirty, but they these great mm-hmm. microfiber uh, um, underwear. Mm-hmm. And I had like four or five pairs. So you can wear a new pair of underwear every day. Mm-hmm. And when you get down there, not only the hotel's cheap, but you, you just say, I need my laundry done, and it's 200 pesos, and they'll bring it all back folded and perfect for and you. The, and the mm-hmm. truth is, Whenever I've traveled, I'm like you, I always tend to travel quite light. And I find that unless you're going into the middle of nowhere, if you find you need a pair of knickers or a pair of socks, you just you buy them locally because everywhere's got place that you can get clothes. Everything's available. Everything's available and very cheaply. And, you know, there's value in kind of wearing what the locals wear, which is kind of fun as well. 
But I also know that, um, you know, when you have the right gear, you're really wearing the same stuff on the outside every day, too. Well, yeah, your riding gear is the same every yeah. day. In fact, that's that's a, a tough one because you want to have waterproof gear and you, you, you want to mm. be, you know, prepared for the element. But down in Mexico, there are a lot of sections on the beach where it's 95 degrees with, you know, 75% humidity. Mm, and when yeah. you're wearing waterproof gear, it sucks. Not a fun time. So, since we've been talking about the um, the Super 10, I'm curious, what were any uh, weaknesses you discovered or downsides of this bike? Well, the Tanner is one of those bikes that's, you know, you... First of all, you look at it, you sit on it, you're like, wow, this is a big bike. And it is a big bike, 600 pounds. Um, but you jump on it and it just keeps feeling better and better and better every time you ride it. Um, uh, downsides, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of adventure bikes out there. <clears throat> this one is as good as all the rest, would you say? Well, my, my knowledge is limited. I'm, I'm, not okay. a, I'm not a BMW guy, so I've never ridden the GSs. Okay. Um, I'm actually looking at the Triumph Tiger 8 XC800. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great bike, but you're going to miss the power of the Super 10. Yeah, but the, you know that big twin is. It's, it's I it's like character. I, it, it, well, it's whether you like that character. I like the character right. of a triple. I think that's going to yeah. be a kind of a cool switch. But, right. Uh, Does but, it have the bells and whistles? Mm. Like Jim's have been discovering about the traction control. You said it makes a big difference, right? Oh yeah, it does big time. I mean, well, just the adjustability is it's fun to play with initially, but the more you use it, the more you learn how to utilize it, and right. it does help. So yeah, the traction control is actually pretty amazing. You have a couple different settings. It's an old, it's a 2012, so mm-hmm. it only has uh, two different settings. The one thing that gets me on the, the Super Tanner is you can't turn off the ABS without mm. doing something crazy. You got to put yeah. it on the center stand. Your ABS? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. got to turn. You got to put put it on the center stand. You got to put it into second or third gear and run it. And then the ABS, you trick it into thinking that something's wrong, and it shuts it off. Can you pull the fuse? You, you could pull the fuse, but you you pain you know. The but then it's it's a pain in the butt. Right. And then you know you do want ABS mm-hmm. on the road. You just don't want it off road. Right. So there are a lot of people who are putting you know switches in there. Which you know if I had more time before I left, I probably would have done. Um, you can do a cheater switch in there to get it. But that's right. one of the downsides. But and that's just the age of the mm-hmm. design. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a seven year old. Well, it's older than seven years old, but it's it's the age of the platform. Um, and that really is one of the dad's sides. I'm a huge advocate for the Super 10. Well, I know. I'm just trying to see it for somebody who really put it to its right. paces, how it compared. So, so it's um, just weight, typically, for bikes that on the larger scale of adventure bikes, right? I mean... Right. Yeah, you're on the larger scale, but it, it holds it really well. It's, yeah. it's very low, uh, low weight, mm-hmm. and, you, and you don't really notice it. Right. I mean... So did you hit some thick ass sand like the just deep old sand? Oh, God, what was that like on that bike? Okay, so this is a funny story. So there's um, there's in Nevada there's a Pyramid Lake and I pull into Pyramid Lake at nine o'clock at night mm. and I find this couple uh, to find out where I can camp and they're like, oh, you can camp right there by the by the the river. Well, I turned my bike around, soft sand, boom, buried it. <laughs> and nine o'clock at night, I'm tired. I, I had to take, you know, get my bags off, t- t- dig out, and burn the crap out of my hand. Oh no! So the first night, the first night, I burned my hand. So uh, that was the worst. Down in, down in Mexico, I was, you know, you got to think ahead, look ahead, talk to people, and um, you know, it, it, it wasn't bad. But that's, you know, sand is the worst. Right. Yep. I have a pyramid lake story, very very brief one. Um, 
I used to drive tour buses. Everybody knows that. And I went through the Greyhound training program. And Greyhound train all their drivers on the West Coast at Reno. So you go to Reno, it's like a compressed course, you're there for a month. And Pyramid Lake is on the training route specifically for driving with chains. And what they do is, it's in the middle of the winter, it was February when I went through this, so it was colder than hell and the roads were completely iced over because they don't grit them because it's Pyramid Lake. And they drive you up to the top of this slope, you put chains on your bus, and then the instructor says, right, Get me down to the bottom of that hill. Don't kill me. And he lights up a cigarette and goes and sits in the back of the bus. Hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. What do I do? <laughs> and that's, that's the training program. That's the test. That's the test. Um, and it was, I got to the bottom, obviously, but it was scary as heck. Mm. Um, so, so that's Pyramid Lake. I know that neck of the woods quite well. <laughs> so what kind of tires were you running? Um, I got the Heidenhaus. Okay. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people love those yep. Heidenhaus. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's, there's two things for those. First of all, they're a higher mileage. I put about 8,000 8, miles on this trip, and mm. I didn't want to... Uh, worry about tires. What are you like the K seventy somethings? Yeah, yeah. The K sixty. Yeah, the Scout. Yeah, so, okay. did you start off with brand new tires? So, I, I actually have a friend in uh, in Oregon who uh, has a moto shop. He he got me a good deal on the tires, and, right? And I had enough tread on my tires already. Yeah. So I put them on the back, rode to San Diego, and when I got to my parents' house, I switched the tires over before I crossed the border. Nice. Okay. So I, I, I got the last bit out of my last set, and then I put those on. The other good thing about the Heidenhaus is they're... Um, they're very stiff, compound and things like that, which could be bad, but they almost, if you get a flat, they'll almost run flat. So mm. one thing one thing I've heard, I, I like them, um, and I thought about <laughs> getting them. The reason I didn't, I heard something about in wet weather that they may not be so great. Is the, there anything to that, do you know? Yes, because they're, they're a harder compound tire. They're, they're, you'll see, in fact, it's with the um, the Super Tannery, if you accelerate hardly with those hiding nows on the street, you'll see your traction control come on all the time mm. because mm. it's a very hard compound tire, right. and that's why you're, you know your your trade off there because you're trying to get the mileage out of them and that's that's what you need but they're they're pretty good off road oh, no. too. Yeah, no, yeah, they yeah. look great. Yes. And how are they for noise? I mean, are they very noisy on time? Uh, well, that Tanner is a noisy bike altogether. Right. Okay, and so that's hard. So I actually have some uh, custom made head 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 uh, earplugs that I put in, and I listen to podcasts. The hey. the motorcycles misfits while hey, I'm riding. There it is. So um, I, I don't notice the noise of the tires. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm curious, what other podcasts do you listen to? Motorcycle podcasts. Motorcycle. I listen to Adventure Rider Radio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, raw, Jim. raw, and mm-hmm. and the regu- regular one. There's also another one out of uh, Bend, Oregon. Um, it's I'm not I, sure the name of it. Yes, <clears throat> I know you're talking. It's out of like a dealership or some. No, what is it? he um, he does uh, he does the BDR trails and oh oh, oh Brap Talk with no. Jason. No, I don't know his name. Sorry. Okay, yeah. I th- I try and listen to them all, and there is one up in Oregon. Uh, I know you. T- I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's look it up. We like to give everyone a a good shout out. That's why. While you're looking that up, I do have a question, though. Um, So did this work as therapy? Of course. (laughs) There's no better therapy than tacos in Mexico. (laughs) Speaking of which, why did you bring up massages earlier? Well, another, He's an another asshole. kind of therapy. Is what? there something to that? You just, no. You, you like thought you guys go had... down to Mexico, get some hotels, get some massages. Yeah, it's just called uh, Ben Motorcycle Adventures. Oh, hmm. and um, 
Yeah, it's just a local one. Oh, cool. Um, there was also... Yeah, there's some other other motorcycle ones from Mexico. Hey. We're, we're the bestest, aren't but, we? And let's give oh, a sh- Cleveland, let's Cleveland Moto. I have to oh, throw hands out. They're, they're, they were on my list, too. So. And let's, Cleveland we have, Moto. We, we have one more shout-out. How did you find out about us? Oh, my, my neighbor, Mike Shannon. He is that a weirdo. huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> huge What's fan. up, Mike? <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, he called us earlier. Yeah, he was so excited that you got to come here. And you're going to go back and say, dude, I had so much fun. Just type it up. And he's just going to be like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You still haven't even found the dick on your truck. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I know. It's a misfits tradition. (laughs) I know. Well, then. Well, um, it sounds like you had an amazing journey, and... uh, for a good reason too and I'm glad that you you had an is, is there a bad reason to go on a, a motorcycle journey no generally no no but I like no. I, we love talking about um, riding and mental health right and how it really it helps people out in different ways uh, for different reasons but it's so great that we have all found this outlet um, and and yeah I'm glad that you had a good adventure um, I have a request, Robin. Yes. Please come back and visit us again. We'll do. I'll bring my neighbor, Mike. And bring yeah, bring yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Mike? What's up, Mike? <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> it was fun talking to him in the garage today. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, but kind of in line with this, because you were down in Mexico, um, and it's been a while since I gave the Where We're update, yeah. since really I passed the baton off to Mexico. So it's gone down through Central into South America, and it is in uh, Argentina right now. I just left Which Chile. Is as far south as you can get. Here's so the deal, though. Um, it was in Chile, and there's shit going down. They were posting pictures of, like, barricades on there. fire that they oh, had yeah. to go around and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Protests. Wow. wow. Going on. Oh, yeah. Like... The, but they they kept on schedule and got through all of that stuff. That's wild. Got it to Argentina. Um, <clears throat> so what happens when they get down to uh, Corral de Tierra? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's going from Argentina to Uruguay, Brazil, Paraguay, um, back through Brazil. Where then? Oh, gonna, okay. So it goes down, <clears throat> then it goes back up. Back again. up, circling right. around. You're not doing Venezuela, um, are you? No. Um, and then uh, South Africa. Right. Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Malawi, Tanzania, Kenya. Right. And then um, we're having somebody fly from the UAE down to pick it up. We're skipping the top, the north part of Africa. That's where it right. gets a bit sketchy. But we have a woman who has offered to fly down to Nairobi for one day mm. to go pick up the baton and take it back to UAE. Dope. Where cool. we have a couple a days of riding there and big Middle events. East and, and then back to Europe. And Haley is going to fly down to UAE to Dubai to pick it up, take it back to London. Oh, wow. Where I will be flying in February for our so party. Wait, 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 wait. So from um, Mozambique. Mm-hmm. It's being flown to UAE. No, no, uh, from uh, Kenya. Kenya. Mm-hmm. So from Kenya gets flown to UAE, mm-hmm. and it's just going to kind of rotate around the Middle East for a couple of days. Just doing the, just doing the UAE. Just doing the UAE. Um, and then Haley's mm-hmm. going to fly in, mm-hmm. grab the bet on, and then mm-hmm. fly back to London. And riding is still a new thing there in UAE. Right. Um, but there are the leaders. 
Dubai yeah. is there. Mm. Yeah, and the That's women cool. writing is kind of turning into a big deal. In fact, it's getting, um, uh, let's see, it's the government is using our ride um, as a, let's see, I, I don't want to get too too wrapped up into the politics here. It's getting some government attention and backing hmm. for being a women's event. Right. Um, and so people are, government people are starting, with who have like programs to further women. Right. Um, uh, to further women in, in their culture are using this as a thing to really highlight and show mm. off about progress that's happening there, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming whole, more than just we're, right. we're in UAE. It's becoming... The, the the government is is jumping onto this, but we 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 wanted this from day one to just right. unite women riders, whether they're actually involved physically in the relay or not. Right. So fantastic. That's great news. Yeah, and I'll be honest, there was a debate about if we could allow men to ride in the UAE or not, and we've been very open about. Um, not just allowing men to ride, but inviting them and appreciating them to participate in this. But the the I, I keep saying the government. I don't remember. It was is some faction of the government, right? Said, but if you allow any men to ride, we cannot show this as a big step in in, in the advancement of women, hmm. right? And I said, okay, so they're asking for permission to ban men. I'm like, well, but do you think that? <clears throat> Like, are there really that many men who want to be a part of it? And then she said, there are men who want to be a part of it just so that they can minimize the impact this will have. Oh, so for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. I'm like, ah, shit, this is getting complicated. Hmm. Um, In the end, we did not ban men. um, But we still have to navigate that to see. Right, um, but it's, it's 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 huge. But then, so then it's going to go to London, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be there in February for our big party. Hmm. And hopefully, when you're there at that party, me and Jim, and possibly Mikey, three times are going to be at the one show. Are we cool? Right on, I'm down. It's actually yeah. the week before. Oh, or okay. after, I think. Yeah, so it's, you get, it's gonna, one or the other. You're, you're going to join us for the one show, Liza. No. Nope. Okay. I won't be able to. What about you, Nock? But I will Possibly. be. Okay. I, but I will be here to run the garage. Jim, you got to go? I got to bounce. Yep. All right. Run. See you, bro. Wash away. All right. Got to Ciao. Um, the beast. Yeah, we just got a few more minutes left. Um, I will be here to run the garage while you guys are at the one show. Right on. But I think the weekend before, I'll need you to run the garage while I am in London. Okay. Fair, fair enough? Funny fair how that works. Fair dues. I know. I know. I know. Um... What are we I doing on time here? I think we have time to do an email. Roger, an email. email. Call the blimey Gov. You're a caution. Yeah. Oh, we need an accent here. Who wants to do it? Where is it from? Calgary. <laughs> How's your uh, Canadian accent there, Robert? Almost as good as my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. No, um... No, Stefan here is actually from the uh, the uh, English part of Calgary. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely appropriate for me to read it. Hey, Misfits! I'm Stefan from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Hello. Recently discovered your podcast, and as a long-haul trucker who regularly does runs all over the USA, mm. it has definitely saved me from boredom many times. Well, there you are. Very good. I'm 33... 
and have been riding half my life. Well, that's 16 and a half years then. This. Started out on a 1974 Kawasaki KS1252 stroke that I begged my parents to buy for me after riding a friend's Honda Z50 and loving it. Um, I'm the only person in my family that rides. And you know what, Stefan? That's actually not that unusual. It's um, pretty common. It is quite, pretty common. I think I blew the engine in that Kawasaki about three times and rebuilt it with the help of my dad until he told me he was selling it because I kept riding it on the neighbor's lawn. <laughs> nice. Uh, my first street bike was a 78 CB 550. Great bike. Loved it and plan on finding one to fix up and customize someday. Um, they're out there, Stefan. Since then, I've owned a ton of both dirt and street bikes. CBR 600 F4i, it's a lovely little bike. Mm -hmm. R6, YZ250, YZ450. Mm -hmm. um, monster to ride in the dirt, mm -hmm. YZ450s. You need strong will to ride those things. <laughs> uh, VTR 1000F, mm -hmm. the old super, yep. super orc. Yeah. Yes, nice bike to name a few. Um, I currently have... Would you like to know what he's got right now, Liza? Yeah. Is it a KLR? Yes! <laughs> 2008! <laughs> which I think is an awesome all-around bike and commuter and actually super fun because I can ride it to its limit. Um, but I was looking for some advice on a second bike as I've never tried a cruiser, specifically mm. a Harley. Mm. Mm. I know, I know. Are they really worth the hype? Um, as a sport bike rider and a dirt rider, will I be disappointed? Maybe a standard would be a better option. He loves the Bonneville. Um, I do love corners, so I think I'd have to modify a Harley to go faster around them. Any thoughts? No. Love Depending what you're all doing Harley. down there and hope to stop in for a visit in one of my California runs. Cheers. P.S. Love the history of the old bikes. Thanks, Emma. Stefan Chinnery. I'm just going to say, do not get a Harley and and think that this is going to be your go fast around corners bike. No, hang on. Do not, do no, not, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop oh, you no. there. I'm no. going to stop you no. there. You get a Buell for that. No, there's so many other bikes that will do that better. Get a Harley for what a Harley does well. Uh, personally, like just get like a Road King and have a fucking badass cruiser in comfort and right. style. That's what they're great for, for cruising. Right. Forget it about speed, performance, and all that stuff. There's so many other bikes that do it better for less. Get a Harley for what a Harley is great at. Right. And, I, and I think a Road King is a perfect bike for that. No, Road King is a, is a very, very good bike. Um, you know, a compromise would be an XR12. I love the XR1200. I mean, they're big and burly and Not heavy. Not when you're used to Japanese bikes. It's going to be a disappointment. Well, yeah, but you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking as it as an alternative to a Japanese bike. An XR1200 yeah. is a Harley Davidson that goes around corners and brakes. No, it's way so too heavy. It's a disappointment. Look. Well, no, they are a bit of a porker. Look, but if you want speed and turning, then get a, get a... Bonneville. <laughs> an, import, an imported bike. Yeah. If you want a cruiser, yeah, you can. there are metric cruisers, but if you want a cruiser, you want like to cruise fucking hard, right? Right. Get a Harley. Or an Indian. I'm, or I'm get always, you know what? Let's, let's compromise. Get an Indian get a, Scout. Get a oh, V-Max. Such a good bike. Get an Indian Scout. She get a V-Max. You know, Ooh. I must admit... Just get a V-Max, bro. That... I, I, I've always maintained I like Harleys and I like Harleys when 
they are true Harleys, which mm-hmm. to me is like road kings. And sports, you know, sportsters and Bonnevilles have since the beginning of time been an alternative to one another. Um, Dude, Indian FPR? Yeah. But tell you yeah, what, FPR be sweet. Indians, you know, I really... pay that premium, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Indians when we were at the one show last year. So, hey. Yes, get triumph, those. Triumphs. <laughs> Did anybody hear about what Guy Martin is doing now? Mm. Mm. Is he still speaking unintelligibly? Yes. Okay, well, then All of those odd. things. But, and it's happening, well, I mean, I'm sure it's happened and they recorded it, but they're showing it very soon in England. He's duplicating the jump from The Great Escape, hmm. which, <laughs> as we know, was done by Bud Eakins mm-hmm. on a Triumph Trophy in 1960. I want to say it was 1960. It might have been 63. The Great um, Escape? The Great Escape, the movie. I thought it was later than that. No. Really? Onto a pile of barbed wire? Is that 63. <laughs> 63, The Great Escape was because The Magnificent Seven was done in 60. Meanwhile, so Bud Eakins was riding the Triumph, pretending he was Steve McQueen. Right. Made the jump, made it over the first barbed wire and crunched into the second barbed wire untangled himself patted the tank of the bike Mm -hmm. and this is great so Guy Martin is going to do that jump and hit Mm. the second barbed wire too no he's going to clear it (laughs) (laughs) and Uh, on he is going to ride Triumph 1200 Scrambler oh and I tell you what ride the Steve McQueen special I have seen this thing oh my god it's absolutely bananas it's. It, I mean, the, the the middle part looks fairly stark, mm-hmm. but it's got really long Olin's forks on it. It's got really long Olin shocks on the back. Is this a production bike or is this no, like it's, a specialized? It's, it's kind well, of, they made that Stephen Queen special. It was in the Army Green. Yeah, with yeah. The no, this pipes. isn't that. No, this isn't oh, that. Okay. No, this is not that. This is a proper looking bit of kit. And I still remember going back to the one show when we went to Salem and watched the flat flat tracks. Mm-hmm. Last race of the night where that Triumph creamed everything else. The mm. noise it made was mm-hmm. just biblical. Yeah. Oh my God, those races were awesome. Um, so I tell you what, this is a proper piece of right. kit. And it really does oh, look yeah, good. 1200 XE is pretty sweet looking mic. Isn't it? With oh. those gold forks and shocks on it. Oh yeah. my God. It looks like a proper scrambler. It's a proper scrambler. Big flat seat. So, um... No, I think Guy Martin's just great. Re- I Who doesn't? I can't understand a bloody word he says <laughs> either. I think we should try and get him on the podcast. Let's That's a three-hour okay. phone call. <laughs> I know. Um, well, well, we could do subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I know, interpreter. <laughs> interpreter. Guy know, says we'll yes. <laughs> All right. Guy well, cool. We'll have no. to check that out. Um, hey, I think it's time to wrap up here. Oh, I think so. And Because uh, you know why? All good things let's must go come get some, to an end. Let's go get some food. Dino food. Yeah. Yeah. So, Robert, Feed me, Seymour. Yes. I, I was worried. I knew you were coming up here and it was raining, but did you have fun today? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Nice. Checks in the mail, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Better than I could have expected. All right. Nice. So, when you, you're going home after this? Um, Are you still in denial? No, I still have some time. So okay. I, I'm not in a hurry to get home, but uh, I'll get there eventually. 
Nice. Well, and you got your big truck now, too. Yeah, so the the story on that was uh, I actually was planning on riding up here and riding all the way back to Oregon, but if you've looked at it, there's snow mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was in San Diego, and I I saw this truck that I was looking for anyways, and good deal, so that saved me a little bit of uh, weather on the bike. Serendipitous. Tra-la-la. Yeah, Can you sell that truck in Oregon for a pretty good price? I mean, if you decide to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a, I got a really good deal on it, and... Nice. Um, in, in Oregon, they're, they're, oh. they go up a little bit even more. So. Yeah, ri- cool. Ridgelines are not a difficult truck to sell. Yeah, yeah. it's a Honda. Yeah. Um, nice. Tesla Cybertruck, nah, might be a little harder to <laughs> sell, I feel. <laughs> well, I, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and we have more holidays coming up, which means stuff to buy. I have to admit, though, I did go check out, um, like, Circle Gear, Revit. I was checking out a bunch of stuff, looking for stuff to buy on Black Friday. I couldn't find anything right. to buy. Yeah, I, I, I bought tools. Did you? Good for you. I have a I question. bought a new laptop. I have a question though, Liza. Mm-hmm. Are we doing a Misfits Christmas party this year? We are doing the Taint Miss party. Yes. Oh. Taint Christmas, Taint New Year's. Right. It's right in between. It's right in between. And are we going to do a recording when we're all drunk off our asses? I don't know that well? we'll do a recording, oh, but we're going to be going to Mikey should. two Mikey three times, and he's built that mini bike track out back. Well, in the he'll, dirt. he'll set up the video recorder, won't he? So we'll do something. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, do something. Maybe I'll bring the camera that I bought and just do uh, some video. That sounds fun. That could be more fun. It could be more fun. Muddy and drunk misfits? What gets more fun than that? Mm. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. um, big thanks to everyone, especially our Patreon subscribers. Who are the best people I ever. brought in some more new, new tools, uh, that... That battery tester, right? Uh, we have yet to figure out how how it works. I know how it works. I know. <laughs> We're getting better. <laughs> but um, thank you very much. I have been making a lot of improvements, and we have a new soundboard coming in this right. week too. And you know, these improvements are really going to help us help more bikers. Mm-hmm. So your Patreon money. You know, we're not squandering it and going out and just buying things needlessly. This is stuff that's really going to help us up our game and really get more people involved, do a better quality podcast, reach more people, um, and really get more people, push it in, ride it home. I like how neatly outfitted the neat tool chest is. Yeah. Thank you. It's very cool. Yeah, Lysa's got a lot better handwriting than me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you very much. You're helping us uh, make a lot of improvements here that is going to turn around and help other people uh, as well. So thank you, and uh, thank you for er all of our listeners. I hope these one-hour episodes are working. Uh, Don't forget to check back. Uh, Wednesday night is when I drop the next episode. Um, And again, that's the Rider Education Center. That that was a really cool visit for us. Just remember, the complaints department is closed. (laughs) Mm. But for now, um, I think it's a perfect time to go out to maybe the Santa Cruz Diner, get some warm food on this cold rainy day. I tells ya, it's iconic. So thanks, everyone. I think it's time to get out of here. This is Liza. This is Doc. Bagel. This is Emma Darling, and I approve this message. And Robert. And we are out of here. Cool. Cool. Cool.